Good afternoon, Jordan. Good afternoon, sir. <laughs> it's, uh, what is it, 1230 there? 1245? Yeah. 345 here. We're still both on the afternoon, unlike last time. Um, that was a really boring introduction. But anyway, so what we're going to do is talk about uh, why. So, okay. So one of our human predator packable clients, Gus, he shot me a DM the other day in Everfit and asked um, a good question. He said, so why don't we squat all that much? in our why don't we front squat and back squat i think is specifically what he said in the programs um and i said let me do a long form answer for you and i kind of just gave him the short form answer which was risk to benefit ratio just isn't there you know and so that was the short form answer and so i wanted to do this for the long form answer so that everybody can benefit from it um so that's what we're going to spend most of our time doing. I'd also wait before we go. Is there any, are there any updates on Matilda? Did you guys go hunting? No, we didn't okay. last weekend, but we have some grand plans for this weekend. So we'll see if it uh, works out the way I think it's going to, but I should have, I have more time this weekend. Okay. All right. Well then we'll, we'll do a Matilda update next episode. So um, let's jump into the reason why we don't, squat all that often in our program. So the first thing we have to know is take like a, a bigger view of why do we do an exercise? Like why, why do anything? What is, what is the outcome that you're trying to achieve? And if you look at something like a squat, um, you could go really granular and say, well, we're trying to make these muscles stronger. Like we're trying to strengthen the quads or you could go from a, an even, uh, more biomechanical perspective and say, we're uh, trying to make our knee extension, we're trying to improve our knee extension, make it stronger, X, whatever, X, Y, and Z. But the main reason you're going to do something like a squat or a deadlift is to build systemic strength, right? And so that's the, we got to make the glass bigger so we can put more stuff into the glass argument or the or explanation. So we need systemic strength. And so there are a lot of different ways to build systemic strength. We really just need the load. Like we need to lift heavy. Um, and we need to lift with the appropriate amount of volume to get an adaptation to make ourselves stronger. And so if you look at that, um, depending on the circumstances for a lot of people, it becomes negligible, whether you squat or deadlift, just doing one of these big movements is, is going to likely, uh, if you do it with enough frequency and with enough volume, you're going to get stronger systemically. Um, so that's, the, the first step into it is like, okay, so why, why are we doing it? We're doing it because we want systemic strength. Then if you take a step, uh, take maybe one step forward and you look at like, okay, so what is the goal of the training program that you're on or that whether it's a year round thing or whether it's a very specific um, one month or one week type deal, what are you trying to do? And if you really look at what we're trying to do, it's general physical preparedness. That's really the main thing. And then there are, there, we get specific towards some of the stuff uh, as we get close to hunting season um, with how much rucking volume and, and the positions that we get into and different things like that. But for the most part, it's general physical preparedness. So we need strength, we need relative strength, we need aerobic capacity, we need aerobic power, and we need some just regular old power. And so when you look at that, it's like, okay, there's a lot of means to do all of those things. 
And then you have to look at the, the, the population you're training and then the specific demands of what they're going to do. And so that's how we take another step closer and we say, well, what are the other stressors that these people are dealing with? So a lot of people, normal jobs, um, you're going to have things like limited hip and ankle mobility in a lot of people. You're going to have people that sit on their butts all day. So you're already kind of compressing the spine all the time and not giving it enough movement. Um, and a lot of times movement skill becomes an issue as well. Whereas the squat is, um, to do it right. And to do it safely with a back squat. I mean, if you look at all of the things that have to go right, like you have to have really good T-spine mobility, you have to have good hip mobility. You have to have good trunk stability. Um, you got to have good ankles or you have to make some kind of modification for that. And so you start to look at all these other stressors as they compound. And then you look at, okay, so what else do we have to do throughout the year to be specifically prepared for the thing that we want to do? We need to ruck a fair amount and we need to hike. It doesn't have to be like, obviously with a, a bajillion pounds on our back, which is something that we avoid. Like you talked about in the, uh, the video that we put up on Instagram today about rucking for upland hunting, but <clears throat> it has to exist. And no matter what, that's a compressive force on your spine. But what we don't really think about, it's also a rotational force on your spine because you're walking. It might not seem like it. You might not feel it, but it's still, it's compressive and, it, and it, there's rotation. And a lot of times when you squat, you're getting compression and probably some slight rotation. And so when you look at these things that we need to do that to be very specifically prepared for what we want to do, we have to take a step back and look at the global perspective where it's like, okay, so we want systemic strength. That's all we need from these exercises. So why would we take that and then compound the stressors and put ourselves into a situation that uh, makes increase our risks for injury or just pain, anything, anything, uh, any kind of subjective damage to the body. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, I think it's good to highlight for strength. We need, uh, we need a certain load and we need a certain volume. Right. And when you talk about really how technical of a movement a squat is, it's kind of hard to just say like, oh, well, we're going to program you this. And um, hopefully you can, you know, do this with enough load without hurting yourself to generate that adaptation. And I think an important caveat would be, you're saying specifically squatting. That doesn't mean we're not doing lower extremity pushing in any way, oh, shape sure. or form, yeah. but just specifically, you don't need to put a barbell on your back to get the adaptations we're trying to get. Right. I should clarify. We're talking about bilateral, which means both feet front squatting or back squatting. You, you don't need to do it. And you made, you made a good point there where skill really comes into it. So can you apply enough intensity and by that i mean enough load to actually get the adaptation that we want and for a lot of people that's more difficult to do with a squat than it is with a deadlift it's Absolutely. easy it's easy to get strong deadlifting faster than it is to easy to get strong squatting you know yeah and, and with certain things like with the deadlift you can scale it very nicely as needed yes to some degree just i mean squatting with a the bar there's not you could say, yeah, you could do a box squat or something, but 
you're still putting a bar on your back and you still need that same motor pattern. And there's just not a nice way. I don't think to scale that bilateral pattern. Well, that's, you actually, uh, you got into one of my next points before I even got there. It's way easier to modify a deadlift than it is a squat. So we can elevate the bar. We can use a hex bar instead of a, a, a barbell. We can do a lot of different things to put people in a position that is safe for their joints. And that allows them to express enough force to really get the, the adaptation we want. So you're just from a, a globally systemic perspective, you're likely going to be able to use more weight while deadlifting than you can while squatting. Um, and for a lot of people, it's way easier to recover from deadlifting than it is from squatting. Um, because there's just more of a, a, an eccentric load when it comes to squatting. Um, and you also look at all of the other stressors that we put on people throughout the week. So if we give people this, this stress load from squatting, and then we need them to be able to get in all these other sorts of training, whether it's rucking or it's, you know, some other kind of conditioning or high intensity continuous training or something like that, then you're already behind the recovery curve. And it's way difficult, made way more difficult to get the things out of these other types of training that we want to do. And so we have to look at things like that when we, when we make these kind of decisions about what exercises we're going to use. Like another thing is like, if you look at what is going to break down on you fastest when you're, when you're uh, out moving around, you're hunting and, and whether you're hiking or you're packing out or you're hanging around camp or whatever it is, it's going to be your posterior chain. Like that's, what's going to get you up the mountain is your posterior chain. Now, like when you come back down the mountain, yes, your anterior chain, which the front of your body is going to, is going to do a lot more work, but we can train that in a way that doesn't require you to, to bilaterally squat. Um, yeah. And I think just like what you're saying, that specific instance, you know, going down the hill, putting the brakes on for a long time, we're not going to build that by building strength with a squat that that's not how we're going to do that. That's not, we're not talking about the same thing. So I think that's very smart just to highlight, you know, we want to be good at X, Y, and Z. These things are built with these things because I think there's just a lot of, I, I don't even expectation. Like you have to squat and you have to deadlift and it's like, why, what's the reason? Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. Do you have, do you have a thought process for your application? And it, sometimes it just comes down to complexity and some it's easy to, if you take a knife to it and you you cut your scalpel, you want to, you want to cut away as much complexity as you possibly can. And the squat is a complex movement. It requires more range of motion, more stability, whatever you want to call it at more joint systems than it does the deadlift. If you deadlift, right. All you got to do is get your back flat, keep yourself tight and then drive the floor away. It's, it's a simpler, it's a simpler exercise to execute and recruits about the same amount of muscle mass as a squat does. And you can execute it typically at a higher intensity. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it, it makes sense. I don't think, I don't think people probably think about it in depth. I think people just think like, I need to do this to be strong. And it, I think it's just smart to highlight saying, well, we want to get you strong. And here's why maybe this isn't the best way to get you strong because of 
all of these reasons. But I think too, if you look at our programming, when we say that we don't squat, we don't buy typically, I'll say typically, we don't typically bilaterally front squat or safety bar squat or back squat or anything like that, but we squat. Like we get into the actual human squat position and we hold it. And we, so I think that's the thing is like having access to all of that joint range of motion, like being able to hold a deep squat is far more important than being able to squat with load than being able to squat 300 pounds for, for the success with what we want to do. Like the, the only places that I see those kind of things being super important. And I think you can still even work around them is if you're, maybe like a front seven player in, in football, like a lineman or a linebacker or running back or something like that. Like squatting is going to be useful. Um, I mean, if you're a power lifter, duh, if you're, yeah. a, if you're a, if you're an Olympic lifter, duh, but the difference between those folks and normal folks or folks like us is that they have some kind of biomechanical advantage that lends them to squat more often and with more load yeah. without beating the absolute piss out of themselves where all of us, like we have wonky backs and our hips don't move as well as they could. And your shoulders are a little banged up and you sit in your chair at your office all day and you can't just squat and eat and sleep. Like you have to go be a parent and do all the different things that you might have to do in your life. And so it might sound, it might sound weird, but that kind of stuff has to play into exercise selection as well. It's like, you know, a, full disclosure, we still squat at my gym. Like we still have safety bar squats and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I told like, if I'm working on trying to quell a full rebellion, cause like I want to remove all of them. I want it to go. And it's like, we have, it's just going to be a difficult fight to have, but it's like with human predator pack mule, it's like we can control it more because there's even more of a specific of a task that we're trying to do. So it just, it's easier to do it there, you know? Well, and, and I think it's important to say that, we do a, a fair bit of single leg strength work. Oh, absolutely. A ton, a ton. Yeah. A fair yeah. bit. So when people are like, Oh, well you don't squat, you don't, it's like, no, no, no. We're just saying bar on the back, two feet. We don't really mess with that, but there is a lot of single leg stuff, which I think like what you're talking about with specificity, power lifters, football players. Yeah. Okay, fine. Um, but it's, it's hard to find what the specificity we would need from that exercise for what we do. No, I think no. single leg force absorption, things like that make way more sense for us. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're, uh, uh, you're totally correct. And you think, because like we started off with, you just have to walk your back yourself back out. It's like, what is the goal of the exercise? And it is to build systemic strength. And there's a better tool with which to do that. And so that's what we have to that's what we have to do because you're right. Like if we're loading the front of the legs, we can do it really, really well on one leg, which we're going to be on one leg way more often. And, um, we can train more specifically for the actions that those legs are going to do, you know? And so that's the way we look at it. Do you think there's anything else we need to say about that? Or do we, do we cover it all? No, I, I think that's good. I think the big, yeah, let's just recap it. So like risk to reward, it's just, there's, there's way more risk. I've just seen in my life, way more people get banged up squatting heavy than, than, than deadlifting. Um, there's the skill. So if, if you look at where you're going to get the most bang for your buck, being able to load a squat heavily, um, isn't going to happen as fast as a deadlift. 
There's the modifications of a deadlift. We can do way more to make sure that you're in a safe position that you can execute well. We have the compounding stressors of rucking and squatting too. So like we're doing a lot of rucking, that's, that's a ton of compression and rotation on the spine at the same time. Squatting is going to give you something similar that we likely need to avoid. So we're not getting ourselves into an overuse type of place. Um, and just again, systemic strength, that is the goal of that exercise. And there's a better tool for it. I think that's a very nice synopsis. Oh my God. That's a great word. Synopsis is good. good. I'm glad you used it. Um, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lay you, I'm gonna lay them straight here for you, Jordan. That's, uh, that's all I, that's all I had for today. Is there anything that you had for today that you thought we should discuss here on the cast? I hear people calling them casts. Maybe we should be cool like that. I don't think I want to do it. Never mind. I already changed my mind. No, I'm not, I'm not going along with that. I appreciate Uh, that you, that you stood your ground because that's, it was stupid. It was dumb. No, I, I think that's really good. I, I, uh, I, I think that plays nicely to, we look at, there's so much stuff in the training world of programming and you name it, but, uh, especially with studies, I like studies. I'm big on it, but life doesn't happen in a vacuum. No. And I think that having a program that accounts for that, and we can say exactly why and how you're going to do something. I would encourage people, no matter who you're training with, look at that, look at all of that stuff and say, can I do this? Does this make sense for me? You know, I just think that's a, uh, I think it's, not looked at enough educate yourself mm-hmm. yeah don't be a blind consumer that's where you get into trouble yes yeah. i have i was i thought i was like on the tip of a joke didn't 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 pan out so <laughs> <laughs> i was like i was like something's coming it's like right there and nothing came so you kind of gazed, gazed across the room like you're about to be possessed. Or <laughs> I had it. Like, it was like, oh man, this is gonna be funny. And then I just couldn't put it all together in my head. And so uh, that was like just a drawn out pause for no reason. So, but I appreciate your patience. Thank you so much. That was nice. I was waiting. Yeah. Uh, oh well. Hey, I mean, listen, I think we got done. We need to get done. Do you want to call it a day, or is there anything else you want to talk about, or just we'll talk about Matilda next time? Come up with a few more. No, I think that was short, sweet, to the point. Good. All right. Well, then uh, I'll let you go back to your day, sir. Peace and chicken grease, fools. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Before everybody leaves, hold on. Hold on. Jesus, hold on. Uh, Two things that you need to know about. Numero uno. Uh, If you haven't yet, you need to go to the link in the show notes and download your free copy of five biggest training, backcountry training mistakes. It's going to save you a lot of time and and wasted effort in getting ready for your hunts. Um, it's going to walk you through the biggest mistakes and then also what to do instead of that. It's not just like a, like a poo poo party. It's like, here's, here's how to actually make yourself better. And then, uh, so that's it in the link in the show notes. So please go download that. It's, it's 1 million percent free. Um, and it's got nice pictures and things like that in it. And the second thing is we have, as we mentioned in episode 38, the last podcast, we have a foundations program coming out soon you're going to have to apply for it. Here's the deal. It's going to be free for you to do. 
It's a one month program. Jordan wrote it. It's awesome. We've been beta testing it. People are digging it. Um, totally free to you, but you're going to have to apply to get in and we'll be in the coming weeks, uh, putting out the application for you to be able to jump in on that program. So, uh, keep your eyes peeled for that and all right, good. That's all we have to say.